With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Please enjoy this feature presentation of the Crooked River Radio Network. This program is rated for all audiences. The World According to Elmer is sponsored by CrookedRiverRadio.com. Crooked River Radio is an internet radio station that is live 24-7 playing rock and adult contemporary top 40 hits from the 60s through the 90s. You can find us on Live 365, Simple Radio, Roku, Radio Garden and even Alexa as well as our website. Come on and join us on the Crooked River. Welcome aboard. We're headed for the world according to Elmer. With hosts Jerry Sorensen and Pat Morrow. Don't worry, you'll enjoy it there. Better buckle in and enjoy the ride. Here come our hosts now. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the world according to Elmer. You probably forgot about us because we haven't been on the air for a couple of weeks due to sickness, but here we are again. Uh, the uh, the the uh, the nasty flu bugs came through the state of Ohio, <laughs> pretty much wiped us all out. But uh, you know, look, they can do their best. We're tough and we're rough and we're hard to bluff here in the OHIO, and so we're back. I'm Jerry Sorensen, your host, KG8RRY. Our Elmer is here today, uh, live and well. He is Pat uh, Morrow. Pat is in 80 Quiet, please. And because uh, we're going on the air. And uh, here we are. We're, we're back together again, Pat. Pat, I missed you. I was going to say, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah. I think I've been to the barber twice since we last talked. And I've been actually actually uh, trimmed my beard once or twice. I, I don't know. It's been a long time. Pat. It has been a while. How, <laughs> how are things going at your shack? Not uh, too radio, bad. Uh, Radio-wise. Uh, we've actually radio. done a little radioing here and there. and uh, Yeah? Um, Tell us about it. We've been, 10 Meters has been, it's one of my favorite bands anyway. And that oh, it's red hot, isn't it? That's the thing's been open more than you'd ever believe. And, it is uh, great. And you know what? we got two and a half more years of this. If it, worse comes to worse, I just take and, uh, if I don't feel like talking, I just tune around. And it's interesting yeah. just to Heck, see what you, you know can what? find. You know what? You hear there. the most interesting conversations on 10 Meters. Yeah, the, and I, I was trying to figure out why that was the other day, and all of a sudden it occurred to me, it's because you never know where the other guy is from, and you're hearing a lot of people interact with people they don't know much about, you know, they don't know much about their culture and, and whatnot, so there's some really interesting conversations on him. Yeah, there really is, and it it gets, a, you know, when you got a band scope, especially like I do on the 7300, it's easy yeah. to find what's there, and they... Uh, if you take and just tune around a little bit, you'd be amazed at what you can hear. You know, I got to tell you, I have a friend that lives up in Ashtabula, and uh, I thought everybody that had an IC7300 uh, or was going to get an IC7300 had one by now. I mean, the radio's been out, what, five years? Yeah, something uh, like but that. he got one the other day, and out of the clear blue, because I never would have believed it. Uh, he's an old boat anchor guy like me. And uh, there he he started sending me texts every day about you won't believe what this radio will do. 
it will do this, it will do that. And I think it does the wash for you, and I'm pretty sure it makes coffee. Uh, but he's all excited about his, his brand new, to him, IC7300. And so he just, he's seeing ham radio through a whole new lens, a whole new lens, Pat, and, and you should read the stuff. It's really funny. Did you happen to see, speaking of coffee, did you happen to see that coffee for ham radio? <laughs> yeah, we need to reach out to them. They need to sponsor our program. I'm gonna think? actually, I'm actually gonna order some. I've I've thought about it. It's like uh, twenty. They got a a pack of uh, Keurig cups for like twenty twenty two bucks. I think I'm gonna probably put an order in just this to see what it, just to see what it's made like for hams for hams and it, uh, for ham shack use. Yeah, no, I saw that. That was very interesting. Yeah, I, I want it. I'll get it. You know, I if I had thought about it, now you see, you're a step ahead of me all the time, but if I had thought about it, I would have picked up some of those and gave some of those away as door prizes for our upcoming club meeting. Wouldn't that be a great door prize? That'd be for a, a cool meeting? door prize for a ham fest, too. Yes, it would. Yeah. I no, may yeah, have to tell you. you got it going. Hmm, here, mm, I may have to do some donating. I may have to do some donating. Hmm. <laughs> well, you know, look. If the Cuyahoga Falls uh, Ham Fest, which we're going to talk about in a minute, if they just have coffee this year, it'll be. Oh, we got we got more than coffee coming. <laughs> I'm we, sorry. We got <laughs> one of the best uh, the best that we could find uh, food trucks out there. That's a, well, a place very called, good. We'll talk to you about that here in just a second because we are coming into Ham Fest season here in Ohio, and we're very excited about it here because it's been a long time. You know, I think it's been like what. See, I, I think the last ham fest was the last one in Maslin. Yeah, I, I think mean, so. there's been a, there's been a couple of uh, distant ones here the last few weeks, but uh, as far as ham fest in Northeast Ohio, there hasn't been anything. In I a think long time. recently you've had what to- Toledo. Yeah, and I Toledo. think you've had I Finley. I a friend of mine went up that, and I think. He, you know, there, but you know, a lot of guys used to go to that that don't go to that anymore. We're all getting older, and Toledo's a hike. Yeah, to- the Toledo Fest hadn't been there for like three years and they did it this year and from what i understand from two or three people that went there it was pretty disappointing they didn't really, really? have anything there and well, that's a shame there I'm was not, more, there was more vendors than, than people and i hope to god that that doesn't happen with us I, you know you do you plan and you do the best you can to put it together and then at that point you just have to things the chips are going to fall where they may that's pack. exactly right and i just you know, from my own, um, um, I don't know. It's, um, I know what I want to say, but I don't want. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll but do that. For my own well-being, I guess. For my own well-being, I, I, I just <laughs> hope that uh, that this fest turns out as good as we hope it does. Oh, we've it'll already be a great sold. Fest, we've already is. sold uh, way more than half the tables. Oh, that's awesome. We're above average. Well, there'll be people, you know, no matter, you, you can preach and preach and preach to everybody that they need to get their tables in advance. and and But they're invariably, on the day of, there'll be guys come rolling in with the van and they'll want a table. And it really is amazing how the whole ham fest thing works. But as long as you got coffee and you got grub for the guys and you got places, uh, you got you got tables sold, uh, it, it'll, it's going to be a good ham fest. And there's always plenty of people. That's the one thing about Cuyahoga Falls Ham Fest, the Maslin Ham Fest, and some of these others. They have excellent reputations, and they sell out early. And and so I'm looking forward to a good one. 
We'll talk about it again here in just a second. You can give us the details. But, uh, yeah, so that HamFest coming back, that's a good thing right now. Uh, we got some great special event stations that have gone on the air. I noticed that a lot of the special event stations that are on the air right now are the ones that are centering around uh, the Vietnam War. And, of course, that's because of uh, the Vietnam War uh, Memorial Day uh, that they just had. But uh, on uh, the 8th, which is in just two days from, from the original airing of today's broadcast, will be the uh, Battle of New Bern adventure, uh, which, uh, let me see if I can get you the station name on that. It's going to be in for Bravo, in for Bravo, the Battle of Bern adventure special event station. Then on 4-8 also, the uh, station commemorating Operation Frequent Wind. Again, this is a... Uh, this is a Vietnam thing. This is the evacuation of Saigon in 1975. And that station is November India 6 India Whiskey. So, and that's out of California. They're going to be operating that one, Pat, off of the uh, USS Midway station. Sweet. Then on the 11th of April, the Kamikaze Attack uh, Remembrance. And uh, that one is uh, Whiskey 5 Kilo India Delta W5 Kid. And that is going to be operated out of the USS Kid, which is down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I've talked to the USS Kid many, many times. You won't have any trouble reaching them from Ohio. It'll be on 40 meters, 20 meters. You can get them on any band from here. Then my favorite station comes up on the 14th of uh, 14th of April. I have talked to this station every year I've been a ham, and I intend to do it again this year. The Whiskey for Moonshine Station, <laughs> W4M, uh, will be on the air out of Boone's Mill, Virginia. So you want to put that on your calendar. Make sure to listen on the 14th. And watch for out the, for uh, the Whiskey revenuers. For <laughs> What's that? And, and watch out for the revenuers. <laughs> watch out for the revenuers, that's right, or the FCC, one or the other. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just heard a guy on uh, 40 meters the other night. And uh, he was talking along, and he was having some trouble. And he admitted to the guy that he was talking to that he had had uh, a couple of beers. And I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I was listening to him say that, and I thought, boy, you know, we should have some something, uh, uh, some posters or something to put up at the club meetings about responsible operating, don't you think? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he admitted it right on the air. He said, yeah, he said, you know, I've had a few. And he sounded like he had had a few. So I hope he slept well that night. He probably uh, did. Keep, keep it off the bands. That's all I'll say about that, guys. Although, who am I? I'm not the radio police. This is the world according to Elmer. A couple more special event stations real quick, and then we'll get on to some pictures that I have here. Uh, the World Amateur Radio Day. That's always a big one. That one is going to be on the air on the 17th of April. Look at all these great stations in April. And uh, they are Whiskey to Whiskey. W2W, and uh, they're going to be everywhere. They're going to be on all the bands. They're going to be on Echolink. Okay, they, if, if it's radio-related, they're going to have a station there. Then on the 22nd, uh, the Earth Day celebration, that is uh, Whiskey 8 Papa Radio Charlie. One more here, and that's because this is uh, very famous. We're honoring our founder. The International Marconi Day. The uh, they're going to be on the uh, USS Savannah and operating out of their station in Baltimore, Maryland, which is an easy pickup from Ohio. 
on any band. And uh, that again is on the 22nd, and that is Kilo 3 Sierra K3S. So be listening out on the bands for these and other special event stations sponsored by the ARRL and the clubs that are responsible for putting them on the air. We need to do some special event stations from Stark County and, uh, and, and Summit County. And well, if I you guys want to go in on, on we need to get some organized here. There's, there's We're missing one, out. There's one coming at the be- beginning of August. An event which, coming which, that, which we, is that? that if you want to want to involve yourself, uh, your club wants to involve with us, we'll do it. I would love. With what station are we putting on the air? I would love to do a special event station from the Derby. Oh, the Kentucky Absolutely. No, what a great not idea. Not the Kentucky Derby, the, the Soapbox Derby. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's what I meant. Uh, uh, yeah, duh. Yeah, <laughs> the we Soapbox used, Derby. We used to do one every year, and we haven't done it in 25 or 30 years now. Or actually, it's been less than that, probably 20 years. We used to take a special event station out there, set it up on uh, top of the hill, and uh, and work for three or four hours. We'd get oh, that'd be great. We would you get hundreds of that, contacts. Count me in. I'll I'll, I'll help. I've I got the information operate. on who to contact over there. I just, we just have to get it put together. Let's do it. Um, that's a big. That's one of our claim to fame. Uh, you know the the soapbox derby. But absolutely, hundred percent. Let's do that. I'd I'd, like, I'd love to do one out there. That'd be a blast, even if it was two or three people just with one station. Okay, but, that sounds like fun. Hey, I want to say hi to this guy. I don't. Uh, I you know remember how we used to always start the show off with QSL cards. I I got away from sending QSL cards because they became uh, pricey. It's expensive. I mean, there was like. Uh, in the first year of sending QSL cards, there were like four postal increases in one year. I couldn't believe it. So I use Logbook of the World now. But this guy, he sent me one the other day from down in West Virginia. He, he's got a really nice 1x2, K8JQ. Where do I get a 1.2? I need to I need to get a 1.2. And uh, then I'll, I'll be able to score higher in Morse code contests. But uh, here he is. And uh, he was, as I recall, working a photo station. This was a CW contact, of course. 90% of my contacts are CW. And uh, had a great station. Speaking I of POTA. The, yeah, uh, he was doing POTA. Lots of POTA out on the air right now, and there has been for a while. And I noticed that the POTA stations are all in the warmer climates. And, uh, you know, it used to be you only found the POTA stations on during the day. There wasn't anything at night, really, to listen to POTA-wise. That's not true anymore. These guys are operating out of their trucks and stuff, and you got photo stations still on at ten o'clock at night now, but not from Ohio. Well, yeah, there's going to yeah. be one from Ohio the 29th of uh, um, of April coming. 29th up, of April. 29th of April, I think it is. It's a sa- the last Saturday in April. We're going to park. You know, um, O'Neill Woods up here. Oh. It's, it's in the uh, it's in the valley. <clears throat> there's going to be uh, several of us that are going to go out there and man it for three or four hours. I don't remember the exact times in that. I'll have more information on that as we go. But okay. uh, it's, gonna, it's going to be a, uh, um, an actual POTA uh, and park, uh, park activation, so it should be a lot of fun. Okay. And our club has invested in POTA gear, and I guess uh, some of the guys at the club are going to be doing that. I want to get out and do some POTA this summer. Uh, but uh, we should have a POTA show coming up here in a few weeks uh, as we get toward, more towards the warmer weather here. 
So uh, I sent you some slides. Let's uh, take a look at what I sent you. Just some odds and ends from uh, since the last time we talked. This is that radio that I was telling you about, Pat. This is the Sopronics 1011. This is the great 10-meter radio. And uh, I have this radio. I've had it on the air uh, for the last few weeks. And I have more 10-meter contacts now uh, just in the last few weeks than I have had the entire time I've been a ham by using this radio. This is a tube radio, and it was uh, built uh, about 1970, give or take a year or two. You've got uh, a very powerful radio, radio. It operates on 10 meters, and it operates on, <laughs> on 11 meters. That was the big uh, that was the big rub between uh, the Swan Company and uh, the ARRL was that this uh, radio would also do 11 meters, which uh, you know we know 11 meters as uh, the CB band or the Chicken band. But uh, back in the day, guys, it would interest you to know that the CB band used to be a ham band. Yes, it was. A lot of people don't know that. And I never have understood the angst between the hams and the CBers because a lot of us hams started back in the day as CBers. I don't know what happened, but after we became CBers and we want, didn't want anything to do uh, with anybody else, and, and so we became very exclusive. Not certain why that is, Pat, but uh, I put my time in on the CB radio at night. This next station, uh, come right there, that one, uh, that's, uh, I believe, uh, those are Navy guys, aren't they? Anyway, Looks like they're operating a, uh, operating a station, and I just picked that picture out randomly, Pat, to talk about an event that's coming up on May 13th. May 13th, of course, is the annual Armed Forces Crossband Test. This is your chance if you can figure out how to work split to talk to the military. There'll be all kinds of stations, military stations across the country that'll be on the air. And uh, they're split channel. They transmit on military frequencies. We transmit on our frequencies, ham frequencies, and we go back and forth and have conversation with these folks. Some of the area stations that uh, I have talked to in the past, well, anything on the East Coast, including the Pentagon. The Pentagon runs the station, and uh, there's a ship over in Evansville, Indiana, that uh, W8AU and our club uh, helps operate. So all kinds of military stations going to be on the air on May 13th. You can just look up uh, the crossband test, Armed Forces crossband test on uh, Google, or be watching the ARRL always has a big article on it every year. So it'll be in there. And they'll tell you what stations are going to be on the air. They'll tell you what the frequencies are. And then you just have to figure out how to operate your radio split. And uh, something that some people do easier than others. The last couple of split operations I've heard on the air, uh, including uh, a couple of the, uh, the uh, oh, what do they call those stations where they go out into like uh, remote islands and whatnot, de-expeditions. Some guys have had trouble operating split. So, might want to get your manual out to your radio and figure out how to do it. With a modern radio, it's easy peasy. So that's the crossband test coming up. Okay, moving on. And here I, we go. Can I make one the next comment? One. Can I make one you comment? You recognize this. Can I make a comment before? Yeah, go ahead. About operating split. Operating split does not does not have anything to do with an axe. That's it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I I appreciate your clarification <laughs> on that, Pat. That's 
Yeah, it's okay. all right. I'll be here all week. <laughs> yes. I thought you were going to let yourself quietly out. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, you know, everybody in the past knew how to operate split, even if they had to have multiple VFOs. Now we got all these modern radios that will do split for us. None of the young people know how to operate split. I don't understand. Maybe we don't do it often enough. I don't know. Now, coming up on April 15th, put it on your calendar. Boy, that looks familiar. Cuyahoga Falls Hamfest. Tell us a little bit about it, Pat. All right. Cuyahoga Falls Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest is at Emidio's Party Center, where we've been for the last five or so years. Actually, I think it's going on 15 or 20 years now. We've been there a long time. The uh, venue is just fantastic. This year, we're going to have a, a few changes. One of the biggest is we're going to have this this uh, food truck that is called Southern Things. She offers everything from coffee and breakfast to uh, after 10 or 11 in the morning, she'll switch it over to lunches. Nice. Um, it's going to, she's a very well acclaimed um, food truck and it's, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, especially the fact that you'll be able to get breakfast there, full breakfast, like pancakes and stuff like that, I believe. Uh, oh, that's great. At, at uh, 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning or earlier, that she's going to be there by by 5.30 in the morning to serve coffee and get the truck set up and everything. Uh, the other thing that that's changed for this year is the fact that we're going to have VE testing in a separate room off of the uh, – off, off of the main floor. So Boy, that's great. It's going to be a lot quieter there, and there's a lot more room, so we'll be able to do more. Uh, we'll be able to do more um, testing. <clears throat> I've actually got uh, right now. There's shifts of three VEs that are going to be in there for a, a large portion of the morning. So if you're wanting to take a test and go to a Hamfest at the same time, come on up because or come on down because we're. We're going to have the the testing and everything. I think this put test, that on your calendar. I think yeah, the testing just, starts if you're at like to eight. Become a technician, or if you're wanting to upgrade to general, this is your opportunity on April fifteenth. And it will be a lot quieter than than it's it's been for the whole time we've been doing that. Um, lots of other changes right now. As it sets two weeks ago, I heard we had we had uh, had fifty percent of the tables sold. I'm thinking that's probably going to be 75 or 80 percent by now. Yeah, very so promising. It's uh, very promising as far as uh, table sales are going. It's easy to get to. You know, if, if you want want to uh, get a table, you can go to cfarc.org, cfarc.org, look up the uh, the Hamfest uh, the Hamfest page, and it'll give you all the vendor information and everything else you need. It's always a good test. We usually hit somewhere between five and six hundred people. A uh, an event, so there's going to be. Oh, a lot it's of considered there. one of one of Ohio's premier ham fests. Yeah, it's great ham fest. So it uh, if you uh, get a chance and got it that Saturday morning, the fifteenth of April, free after eight o'clock for uh, for general people. We we open it. I think it's six thirty for the vendors to get the vendors in and set up. It's either six thirty or seven, I think. And we will oh, be there doing. There was a lot of stuff there last year. I helped set the tables up for that last year, and it was uh, it, it was uh, amazing. That is an enormous room. Easy for me to say, an enormous room, and uh, it was just absolutely full last year. What a nice ham fest! We're going to be doing too the uh, 
the mobile check-ins and that like we normally do and there will be a mobile check-in prize you can check in on 147.270 i think the check-ins will start at like 6 30 or 7 o'clock so any, anybody you on go. your way to the fest yeah check in with us and you may have a chance at uh, winning a door prize I, I have an interesting story. I actually own a DX20, which is an old heat kit radio from the 1950s that was well-traveled last year. It started at the, it, it showed up at the Cuyahoga Falls uh, ham fest and nobody bought it. And so then it went to the trunk fest that they had down in Dover, New Philadelphia. The Tusco Amateur Radio Club sponsored theirs uh, a few weeks later and it was still down there and now it's in my possession. But it traveled all across Northeast Ohio, and I brought it home and recapped it and have had it out on the air. It's an old novice rig, and boy, what a lot of fun to operate. It's crystal controlled, but it was at the uh, it was at both ham fests, and uh, then I decided it needed to go home. It needed to stay here in Ohio. Yeah, folks, ham fests are amazing. You're going to find out there was something you didn't know that you couldn't live without. And that's the reason you go to these ham fests because stuff will come home with you. It's amazing. It just gets in your car. So have your excuses uh, with the XYL worked out ahead of time because you know you're bringing something home. And yeah, make her make her owe you a favor. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Do do something. Do some do some stuff around the house, guys. Get some things off that list, the honey do list. Yeah, go ahead the, and get them marked dust off. Dust the fans. Clean sure the furnace. Dust the fans, clean the furnace. There you go. Scrub right. The, scrub right. the floors, do the dishes. Any, right. A little laundry. Doesn't, doesn't <laughs> hurt anybody, guys. Throw a load of laundry or two in. It's all good. That's, that's 415. Right. That is the date. And it's C F A R C, C FARC, <laughs> kind of, dot org. That's where all your details are. Same location as last year, guys. This next one. Now, this occurs a week later. This is on the 22nd of April. That is the Tuscarawas County Fairgrounds, and that is the Tusco Club's Ham Fest. And this Ham Fest, they have over $5,000 in, in door prizes this year for this Ham Fest. It's going to be a monster. So this comes uh, following, uh, just like last year, uh, Cuyahoga Falls. Then we'll be going down to Tusco to the, uh, to the uh, Ham Fest down there at the fairgrounds. So put that on your calendar also. You can't do too many Ham Fest, guys. April 22nd on the one down in uh, in Dover, New Philadelphia. That one's pretty central to everybody in the state. You know, not too far from Columbus. Uh, head on down south and uh, see what they've got down there. They'll have stuff down there that they, they... And you know what? You'll probably see some of the same vendors. I think a lot of these guys go from ham fest to ham fest to ham fest. I know a lot of my guys do. Yeah, I know. I know Jerry does too. So and, you believe know, me, I'll be at both. I can think of three or four. Frank, uh, my radio officer, my vice president Jim, uh, several others that they 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 live for the Hamfest and they go there, and not only to sell, but they they they've been known to pick. Hey, you them, never you I never know. Up. You don't know what you're gonna find. You'll find stuff there you will never find on a line. Trust me. And, and the great thing about HamFest, as far as the ham radio community is concerned, they're a great equalizer. You'll notice that when HamFests were not taking place in 2020 and 2021 because of COVID, you'll notice how much the prices went up on eBay on used ham gear. That's because there was no competition. Now that we're back doing HamFests again, 
the price fell on the stuff online back to what it should have been all along. So people don't have an opportunity to gouge their fellow hands anymore. So believe me, ham fests are your friends. Get out there and support your local ham fest. And speaking of ham fest, I want to show you this. We are having some fun with our one in all the way in October this year. So it's too early to talk about it now. But our club does a ham fest uh, at MAPS Air Museum in, in, uh, at the Canton Akron Airport. And uh, this year we, we, <laughs> we have a mascot. And he is the flying tiger. And there he is on a coffee mug. I wanted you to see this for yourself. What do you think about that's, that? That's pretty pretty cool. Isn't that, that cool? Tiger the Fly. Of course, Maslin, known for being the Maslin Tigers. And there we are. We put wings on him. And uh, we're going to have some gear that we're going to be uh, selling. In fact, it's up online now at w8np.net. Whiskey8novemberpapa.net. That's the uh, club uh, uh, call sign. And uh, you can get your Hamfest gear in advance and show up with your T-shirts and uh, your coffee mugs or tumblers or whatever they've got on there. None of the uh, proceeds from that stuff goes to the club, by the way. We opted just to offer it straight from the vendor to keep prices down. Okay, moving ahead. Now, <laughs> we're in May. What happens in May of every year? Pat? Oh, I have no idea, Dayton. <laughs> There's a tiny little ham fest takes place down in Xenia. There it is, guys. Hamvention. And what what a time that was last year. Uh, Pat, you had the official count at one time from that. Wasn't it like 33,000 last year? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, everybody said, you know, oh, it, you know, after COVID, hamvention will never be the same. Yeah, there's no, no reason to even bother, you know, it. Look There's, at that. There are people that travel from all over the world to go to that fest. Yes, they do. And, and they did last year. 33,000 there last year. That was just absolutely amazing. If you want and to so see. that one is coming up in May. I'm looking for the uh, the date here. I'll have it in just a second. If you want to see commercial radio vendors and stuff like that, that you won't see at, these, at the uh, smaller fests, that's the place to go because they'll be there. Hey, I got a beautiful, I got a Yesu hat last year free. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've never gotten anything free anywhere else. And but boy, they were just handing them out. Plus, I got the I got to uh, demo the FTDX10. Uh, I got to put my hands on it. Got to got to operate it. It was all set up there at the Hamfest. Uh, Dayton Hamvention is on the 19th of uh, May through the 21st of May. I think Thursday of that week. Uh, I want to say that DX Engineering has their ham, uh, their, what is their school called that they do every year? I know what you're talking about, and I can't think uh, of See, and I, I could tell you if I wasn't trying to tell you. Uh, but DX Engineering puts on, uh, on ham, the ham Radio University or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, it's ham, it's ham University, isn't it? I, I, something like that. Anyway, it's a, the most worthwhile program ever. And that's on Thursday. So if you're going to go, go on Thursday and, and take part in that program. I believe then, one of the speakers. Uh, on Friday, of course, then the, the, the main deal opens up. So it's just an extra day, and it's well worth your time. Uh, you can go to DX Engineering and get uh, registered for that. I'll tell you where else you can get registered for that is you can just go to the uh, Dayton Hamvention website on the air. In fact, I already have my tickets. You can buy your tickets online, and there's a discount if you buy your tickets online as opposed to buying them on day of. Uh, I forget what it, four bucks or something like that, but still, uh, 
keep the four bucks in your pocket. You might find something at, out in the uh, grandstand area where all the, uh, the flea market is uh, to purchase, uh, and you can use that $4 there. Better in your pocket than in their pocket. So, But you have never seen vendors like at, the, at Hamvention. It just the vendors go on and on and on. Absolutely amazing time. Everybody's all online griping, too, about the fact that they can't get hotel rooms. And they do that every year. And, you know, I, I made my hotel reservation for this year on the last day of last year, which I will do again this year. So there you go. Put that on the calendar. That one is in May. This gal is Morgan Lyons. Let me introduce you to her. She's going to be with us Friday night down here in Maslin at the club meeting at the Senior Center, 7 o'clock on Friday night, doors open. She is a gal that I talked to on the air, Pat. I was on 40 meters one night on my Swan 400, and I was just skipping through the band, talking to everybody that I could on there, and I came upon this gal, and she had, and you know, whenever you got a gal on the air, you got to pile up. But being, being on the Swan at about uh, 395 watts barefoot, I cut right through the pileup, and I got to talk to Morgan. And Morgan is a student at Missouri uh, Science and Technology, the college. And uh, she not only is a student there, but she is the club president of Missouri S&T uh, ARRL Ham Club, uh, the school ham club. She's the president, and she's a rocketeer. And uh, she has a uh, she's going to be with NASA. Uh, this upcoming summer, doing an internship there, she uh, plans to she plans to get her master's degree uh, in, in in rocket science. <laughs> You've heard they'll say, "Well, this ain't rocket science." She knows rocket science, so she's going to come talk to us about rocket science on this Friday night. How this, cool is that? This meeting is this Friday. Yeah, this tomorrow? Friday night. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. And being Good Friday, yeah. I wouldn't. What's that? It's Good Friday tomorrow. It is, it, yeah, and, and, and unfortunately that's club night, but uh, you know it is what it is. But if, uh, for those who can come, it's going to be a great time. So if you if you miss that, Cuyahoga Falls Amateur Radio Club, the twenty sixth, is going to sponsor her online. She'll be uh, really. She'll be, she'll be in for a uh, a Zoom meeting. Uh, she's coming in on Zoom to talk to us uh, about what she does. So if you miss the uh, Maslin Club. Uh, function you can always find her on on our uh, uh on our at our acti activity meetings online and we will hopefully be um we will hopefully be live with her too <clears throat> yeah, that's awesome she's uh, making the rounds in and that's great uh, she deserves some promo here this could, and, this uh, could be I'm a really looking forward to meeting her this could be a potential uh podcast guest it you know what absolutely and she has videos and everything so you're gonna that's meet something her we should uh, we should work on schedule. I'll ask her uh, Friday night if she'll join us on that'd a future be, program. That'd How's be that? cool. That'd be cool. Okay, we can set her up. Moving. There is one Moving. little. There is one little thing I forget to mention as far as uh, how the the Cuyahoga Falls Club. Last Saturday, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but last Saturday at approximately twelve forty-five, the roof blew right off of the church that we have our meetings in. This is providing, or this is beginning to be a fun adventure because right now we don't know if we're going to be able to get in there for a meeting or not. Um, the looks, by the looks of it, 
and what they're telling us is, is we're probably going to be able to meet. But I'm telling you that I have never in my life seen information come in about a church like that as quick as it did to me. I The second that roof blew off there, somebody from the ham radio community saw it and said that that church had had that Pilgrim had had the, uh, the roof blown off. And I thought they were kidding. And then all of a sudden I start seeing pictures of it and the roof just peeled right off the building. I saw the picture that you put up on Facebook. It was, it was, uh, it, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. What had happened that somehow that wind must've got under that, uh, under that sheeting, sheathing. Just that, peeled it right off. And it peeled it right off and up and over. And it all landed in between two buildings. The uh, one air conditioner got thrown off the roof. The one that was attached to the gas line, which they, was a heating heating and air conditioning unit, it ended up upside down, down halfway down the wall. And it was it's a it's a mess over there. Wow. But I I have been in contact with them, and they are in pretty good spirits about it. Um, but I got I have to we're gonna to have to wait till probably Monday to find out if we're gonna be able to meet there or not. If not it'll be Well you just have to keep everybody updated. That's yeah, it. we'll we'll just do it on if nothing else the meetings will go on Zoom. But, yeah, we had some bad weather folks and there so you know that weather will do that. And and I'll tell you that day that you're talking about when the roof uh, blew off, the first thing I did when that was over is I went out back to see what the antenna farm looked like because I I thought, you know, I didn't know what I was gonna face, but Thankfully, every every antenna that I had made it through. But there are a lot of people can't say the same thing. Jerry, so that was it, one of the weirdest nets I ever ran. I, it, it was really, it was strange. It came on, they actually issued for us about noon. And I, and um, actually it was probably about quarter after 12 when I got the warning. So I took and put the net up. And I'm thinking, you know, it's nothing around here. Well, all of a sudden, I've got reports of power outages from Fairlawn through Sagamore Hills, clear into Monroe Falls, Cuyahoga Falls, and south of Akron. That was just yeah. power. I had four. We were head down here in Maslin. How I, I was alerted to it, Pat, is I heard uh, I've got a roan pole right outside our bedroom in the back that has a uh, as my my 1.25 meter J pole on top of it. Plus, I've got a couple of wire antennas that run off of it over to a tree. I heard that thing banging against the back of the house. Uh, we had, and, uh, I mean, for to for a wind to move a, a roan pole, that that tells you something right there. That's a ferocious wind because those things are made; they don't move. But uh, it was sure moving that day. We had uh, reports. Of, I had reports of trees down from Sagamore Hills clear into uh, South Akron. I think yeah. I had like six reports of that. Power outages all over the place, and then that church thing happened. And that church, not only there was not only damage to it, but there's a, a Catholic church across the street, which is St. Joe's. It actually had roof damage too, and they were finding um, the uh, insulation in that from both churches clear down on Portage Trail, almost two miles down. That's how ferocious that's the that value. Was. That's the value we talked. We've had a couple of programs about Stormwatch. And you know my feelings about storm reporting. I think uh, storm reporting on TV especially gets all hyped up. But one of the nice things about having the Stormwatch program 
uh, when you've got uh, people located all over the community that have ham radios, you can actually get real first-time information on, on what's going on out there. And so it, it, uh, it puts us in a position uh, to know more than, than uh, any other agency knows because we're getting so many reports from all over the area. And these are eyewitness reports. This is not some speculation on a computer screen. If you've ever sat through any of the trainings that I've done, you would have seen this video that I might make a very poignant statement with. And that is the, the main reason Skywarn is there, including the, uh, the, the spotters, coordinators like myself, and our affiliation with the NWS, it's there for one reason, and that's to protect life and property. If we can take and turn a, 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 a um, visual ground truth uh, object in, you know, that, that's the best thing we can do for, for the public in general. Because that, what that does is it goes into the NWS and gets rebroadcast if it's an emergency. And if it's not, it helps them forecast and put out the warnings. You know, so, you know, that's a pretty intricate system. And even yesterday, the system worked, even though that uh, they they misjudged a lot of it. I can go into the whys and how fors uh, as to why that uh, didn't create itself last night or yesterday. But I won't. And bore people you. who are people who are listening right now, Pat, may not even know what you're talking about as far as yesterday is concerned. But they had predicted a line of storms to come through uh, that never materialized, and of course that's. When you think about it, that's the best possible solution to the problem. You don't really want to deal with the storm. So when it goes the other way or it misses us, that should be a big hallelujah. And I thought that you handled that very well. Uh, in fact, I was arguing with a guy on the uh, Internet today about it. Yeah, I he, saw it. I think, he thinks, I think he thinks that I'm out to get everybody to report storms. It might interest him to know that I'm a storm watcher, you know, that I'm trained. Uh, by the NWS, the same training that people on your net have. But all that aside, what I was saying is I was saying, let's put forth information out on the net or, or on the radio, however we're communicating. Let's put out information without making it bigger and better than it is. Let's just put out the proper information. And you did that. You said, guys, be aware that there is a line of storms coming in. We don't know what they're going to do. I read what you said. That's what you said. You said, be alert. Just exactly. be aware of the fact that we're supposed to get this line of storms through. Be alert. Be careful as you go about your day. And that was perfectly handled, Pat. Uh, thank you. And But as far as, you know, any kind of forecasting is a crapshoot. Because you just, it it's not an ex, a, a very exact science. No. And no. it's a, if you've read one of the comments that I made on Facebook, Dick Goddard a, long, a while back, this, somebody asked him, what's it like to predict snowfall for, for a small area? He said, have you ever tried to nail, uh, have you ever tried to nail jello to a wall? <laughs> that's well, probably having the, known Dick and worked with him, uh, yeah. I, that that's was probably the best incidence. Or, kind of a gamble. That's the best instance, instance of that I can say. You best know, weatherman that I've ever known in my life. That guy was incredible as far as his forecasting. He had a gut feeling about, he could tell you with his gut what was going to happen to Northeast Ohio. He got very good towards the end of his career at predicting that stuff. But even he got surprised, like you just said. So, yeah, we, we've seen it here. And uh, 
this uh we'll wrap it up with this this is uh this is my newest addition this is an s38 receiver and it is built by a company called Halicrafters. i picked this up oh, is that uh, at, from a fella at the ham fest last year in Massillon up at uh, maps and uh i have a buddy kd8 smo fred that uh, did the repair on it uh, he recapped it i got a brand new uh, set of caps from hayseed ham fest and uh, we recap the he capped the radio and uh, it plays beautifully. That is this was sweet. a general coverage ham receiver. It has AM in it, plus it has all the different bands. It's got 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters, etc. And uh, this would have been for home use back in the uh, late 50s, early 1960s. And what was uh, interesting about this radio, Pat, is this was known as a hot chassis radio. Which means yep. that if you plug the plug in means the wrong way, back in those days, you just had a two prong, two prong plug, and they, it's not like today, where today you can only put it in one direction. Used to be back in the fifties and sixties, you could plug that in either direction, but with a hot, with this radio having a hot chassis, <laughs> chassis, if you plugged it in wrong, that the chassis became electrified, <laughs> and so. <laughs> One of the things that Fred did is not only did he replace the capacitors in this radio, but he changed the electrical wiring of the radio to where it no longer has a, a hot chassis. And I, so uh, it's not going to kill me. I used uh, to be I one. Over to turn I used to be one that I'd use oscilloscopes over. And the oscilloscopes back then didn't didn't have anything but the two two prongs either. And if you plug that thing in wrong and, and went to attack... <laughs> Uh, went to uh, it was Katie bar the door, wasn't uh, it? I, I take if you went to attack a television or or get the uh, get a visual on what's going on in a television, <laughs> and you go whoa! I remember those TV, those big black and white zeniths with the tubes in them, the cathode tubes. Yep. Yeah, those would send you to heaven if you weren't careful, uh, or wherever it was you were going to go. And here's what the inside looks. He re- all all those yellow oh, that caps that you see gorgeous. in there, those are all brand new. He recapped the entire radio. That is gorgeous. Isn't that beautiful? I, I just love looking at that kind of stuff, guys. That's why the modern radios don't get me. Oh, speaking of weather, what I forgot I forgot I put this one in here. This was yesterday. Doesn't look like yesterday around here. <laughs> Not around here it wasn't, but boy, can you imagine? I think I want to say that was out in the Dakotas. That was a guy yesterday. He had a, now, of course, that's a commercial site, but uh, he had something wrong, <laughs> and there was no way to remotely repair it. So he had to go there, and uh, that's what he dealt with yesterday. So if you guys are complaining and whining about the, the, uh, the weather we're having here, ain't nothing like they got out west. So uh, you could be doing that right now, guys. And I'm sure that we have people. I know we have people all over the world watch this show. So I'm certain somebody's got that same situation right now. And they're going, what are you guys talking about? That was just yesterday. Well, there you go. So be thankful for what we have here in Ohio. It ain't so bad. And, and that's what I decided to end the slideshow with tonight. It ain't so bad, guys. It ain't bad. It ain't so bad. It could, it could the world been. according to Elmer, right here on the Crooked River Radio Network. That is Pat, N8OQP. I am Jerry, KG8RRY. Got a, a video. We'll probably only have time since we've been catching up. Uh, and we're, we're uh, as, as usual, we're fat on time, which is something that we tend to do. 
But uh, I ran across a great uh, video that I want to show. It's the one about the world's tiniest pea. And this is a soda, which is a summit on the air. We have all these odas in, in ham radio. Soda. This guy's working a soda. And I want, I want you to see his equipment, Pat, and what he does this soda with. It is fascinating. That's a transceiver's one? Uh, that is, uh, what is it called? Or is it the antennas? I mean, I don't think it's the antennas. Let me pull it up here real quick. It was called, well, I skipped past it. The world's tiniest. Transceivers. Yeah, that's I, it. That's all. I've got that queued. We're ready. The world according to Delmer. Guys, we will talk to you right after we watch this. Enjoy. So, so by, by this point, point you, you all are very familiar, familiar with the fact that I like bringing ridiculous things to summits. Today's no different. This is the entire station that I'm going to try activating with today. A radio in an Altoid Smalls tin? No, no you, you could, could fit, fit like, like four, four of these in an Altoid, Altoid Smalls tin. An Altoid tin rock mic setup? An Altoid tin rock mic? Nah, that thing's huge. Ooh, that, that looks like a good beer. Now we're talking. Any other stations out there? K6ARK. Well, good, good morning, morning everybody. everybody. It's Christmas, Christmas Eve, 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 and I'm out in Anzabrega Desert, Desert State Park, Park listening to Ham Radio 2.0 interview K6UDA as, as I'm hiking out. out. So we've got, got cell reception here, so that's kind of fun. fun. And I'm headed, headed out to this peak. Uh, never activated summit. It's not a bad hike. Um, just a little cross country through the desert for about a mile, maybe a mile and a half, and uh, oh, maybe. 600 feet of gain or so up the side of the mountain. So, shouldn't be too bad. Um, this is going to be a fun activation. I've got a couple of radios with me. One for 40 meters, one for 17 meters. And the 40 meter rig is my, what I call, micro pixie. Basically, it's uh, what you get when you take the pixie design and turn it all into as small of a radio as possible by using tiny, tiny surface mount components for most of the components. So the rig itself weighs 2.6 grams and the key is built into the board. Um, antenna super light as well. I don't have an ultralight battery for it yet, so I'm still just using a 350 milliamp hour 3 series lipo which is uh well not exactly large or heavy but relative to the radio i guess you could say it is <laughs> so, so if you're hiking out in the desert beware of these things these are called choyas and these choyas drop these little balls of spines. Get one of these stuck to my finger. These choya balls are heinous. They're sharp, the spines are all barbed. You can see how it sticks into my finger like that. And they call them jumping choya because if you step on a stick, these things are so light, they'll fly up off the ground and embed themselves in your leg or uh, really any other part of you. So, Pretty, pretty nasty, nasty little, little buggers. buggers. 
Velcro. Well, I took the police off. Getting warm going up the hill here. Pretty steep. You can now see I'm rocking the Ham Radio 2.0 shirt. Thank you, Jason, for uh, putting out the awesome awesome shirts for the YouTubers bunch. If any of you guys are interested, check out this website for purchase in the description below. Oh, very cool. Check this out. Big old piece of pottery here. Pretty, Pretty nice. nice. Evidence of Native, Native Americans been in the area, area here. So, so. I always leave, leave those where I find them. them. Um, don't don't want to take, take that, that stuff. stuff. Leave, leave it. Uh, leave it for the next person to enjoy. All right, here, here we are. The actual summit. Summit register and all. Right here. We'll check that out a little bit later. Um, let's see here. I think I'm gonna go ahead and get set up. I'm gonna set up the micro pixie first. So, so I, I can, can run, run some 40 meters and uh, see if I can, I can make some contacts, contacts on a 2.6 gram radio. <laughs> Should be an interesting game. Just look at that scenery. Yeah, I'm seeing that. So before we get set up here, I want to show you this ridiculous little station. It all fits in this little tiny bag here, and this um, this is the antenna, 30 gauge wire. There's a FT20-43 toroid in there as an NFED half-wave matching unit. Got my earbuds, I didn't forget those today. An adapter so I can plug in a headphone to the radio. Massive power supply. Actually is pretty big compared to the, uh, compared to the radio itself. Um, 350 milliamp hours, this is what I usually use with the Mountaintop or MTR3B, and this ridiculous little radio. Check this thing out. So this is a 40 meter pixie, redesigned with all surface mount components. Well, almost all. I, I still use a through hole for the transistor, because uh, I couldn't get enough power out of uh, the surface mount ones that I was using. On the other side is a menagerie of surface mount, tiny, tiny surface mount components. And that wire you see is actually the straight key. So that's what I use to key the radio. And this over here is my antenna mounting point. That's my antenna attached. I couldn't go with a full-size RF connector because, well, even an SMA connector is about as big as this little radio. This whole thing weighs about 2.6 grams, 2.7 grams. Um, and puts out 850 milliwatts on the 40 meter band on 7.060, the crystal that I've got in there. So let's get this silly thing set up and see if it actually works. Well, this thing is truly a ridiculous little radio, uh, but it sure is fun. I'm going to make some connections here. Got power. That's my audio jack. That needs to feed into my inline audio recorder so I can show you what I hear to the audio recorder. Let's see here. Wow. Let's plug this sucker in. You got the antenna hooked up. Good to go. And there you have it. Well, we can hear. Nobody, Nobody on, on frequency, frequency, so that's, that's good. good. 
got a 579 of 600 milliamps. That's cool. Got Chris and Ted in the log, summit to summit, first two contacts. Five three nine from K six YK. Awesome. Come on, need one more for the full activation on this little thing. That's awesome. I got three Summit to Summit K6EL in Northern California and Ted and Chris on a SoCal Summit and then K6YK as well. Very cool. Let's keep calling. Got it. Very cool, Bill. Thanks for the contact. Come on. got to be smart. This is what I thought he'd be getting, like all five. Five two nine from AA seven DK. He's gotten some excellent signal reports. Yeah, for a, not even a watt. Amazing, isn't it? W nine STI. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> this is just so silly. I don't know why it's so much fun. Very cool, Jerry. 
14 in the log so far. I can't believe this. Man, he is way down in the noise. Really hard to hear. So not only are these pixies hard because they're weak transmitters, but they're also uh, really poor receivers. <laughs> they're not very sensitive. And you got a lot of bandwidth of, of uh, receive because you have almost no filtering in them uh, that you're battling. So they're really tough. Oh, I'll make a few more calls and I'm going to have to give up on this guy, I think. There you have it, folks. Uh, you can activate a Soda Summit with a 2.6 gram radio. <laughs> it's just utterly ridiculous, but so stinking fun. What a bunch of fun to make make a bunch of contacts with something like that. It's just really cool. So, making my way back down the hill. It's kind of chilly out here. It's probably in the low 50s with the wind blowing. So, I'm uh, trying to get warmed back up by hiking. Hands are pretty cold from operating, but uh, had a blast. It's just been a fun day, and it's always beautiful out here in the desert. I mean, these views are just incredible. So, hope you all enjoyed coming along, and until next time, I'm Adam from K6ARK Portable Radio, San 73. You know, last year during uh, our season, last season of the World According to Elmer, we had a show called The 100 Things You Can Do Today with Ham Radio. There you go. That's one of the 100 right there. You can do soda. And uh, you can operate with a, uh, a radio that's about yay big, that's a couple grams and, and uh, has 600 milliwatts. And, and <laughs> that's just crazy. And the kind of signal reports that he was getting. And how much fun was he having? Yeah. That's good stuff. You got You guys uh, now, if, if any of you with your hundred watt radios at home uh, can't get those kind of signal reports, I don't know what to say, because uh, he had a very successful day with his very small transmitter. I've said it before: antenna, 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 antenna. Yeah, well, in his case, location too. Yeah, I mean, he's at a good too. location. He's out in the quiet. There's no electrical noise around. That's the only reason that he was able to hear any of those people. Because like he said, now I have a Pixie. My Pixie is a little bit bigger than that one. And mine's in an acrylic box. But uh, it has no filtering, no front end in it. So if you've got any kind of electrical stuff around you, you're going to have trouble hearing. But uh, he was out there where it was just him and the cactus. So uh, he, he did, an, I think, an amazing job of that soda activation, especially when you consider his equipment. There's a guy down here that's like Anthony. 
you know, Anthony Lacree that we have on our program often. There's a guy that is another QRP guy from way back down here. Mike uh, Midaris, I think is his last name. And he wrote something I think is interesting. He said, if you're going to, if you're going to try to do QRP, he said, don't try to start out. Don't go out and buy yourself a five watt radio. You know, a couple of years ago, I went out and I bought a five watt radio. I bought a, 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 a Zygu G1M. They don't even make that radio anymore, but it's five watts. And I used it on a winter field day, my first winter field day. Made 20-some contacts in the uh, state of Ohio and Pennsylvania and Michigan, uh, just regional contacts. But he said, don't start that way. He said, that leads to frustration. He said, take your 100-watt radio at home. Yeah, take your uh, whatever it is that you're running, your, your 7,300. And he said, start reducing power. You know, this week operate at 90% power. Operate for a full week at 90%. Then the week after that, turn it down to 80% and, and keep going until you get down into the 20-watt and the 10-watt and the 5-watt range. He said your operational skills will increase as you lower power, and you'll find less frustration doing it that way than trying to start out from get-go with 5 watts. Yeah, I thought that was good advice. That is pretty good advice. As far as um, where I've noticed and where I've learned a lot of the stuff from, as far as uh, it doesn't take a lot of power to operate. <clears throat> if you, t I had people tell me when I first got into FT8, you don't need uh, 50 watts to run FT8. You, you can do it on 5 watts, 10 watts, whatever. Well, <clears throat> I, I didn't believe them. Then I thought, well, I'm going to take and see what I can do on 20 watts. So I cranked it down, and then I, I did pretty well with it. I was making all the contacts I wanted. So yeah. I cranked it down to 10, and I cranked it down to 5. And do you know I made as many contacts on 10 and 5 watts as I did with the 20? Isn't that something? Because your operational skills increased. Yep, and it, it doesn't take, you know, when I was back, back in my day, my CB radio days, they would say, "Oh, you can talk. You, you, you can't talk if you don't have a hundred watts behind you." And uh, believe me, in those days, with the uh, certain splash from certain frequencies that were running five or six thousand watts to get to Cleveland, um, that kind of spoiled. Well, once I get in, got into the ham radio, I wanted a hundred watt radio. Yeah. I had to have it. And I wanted 100 watts in a mobile op. Those things, I, I, I don't know why I needed them. Even now, with the, I can do as much on 40 or 50 watts out of the car as I, I could have done with 100 watts. You know, my, my swans, of course, were built in a different time, at a different era. And the average radio back then was a couple hundred watts. But on this modern radio, I have this IC7100. I have not had that radio uh, at over 50 watts, I, I set it for 50% and I go down from there. I haven't had it any higher than 50 in two years. I believe that. And and you're right. When your operational skills get better, when you get the antenna that is right for your radio and for your station, that's when things begin to happen for you as a ham operator. You start to get those stations you only used to dream about. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm about to do some, this summer I'm going to do some... Uh changing around here somebody offered me a free uh rotatable dipole with a rotor 
And that's that's probably going to get put up in the backyard. I'll probably take the 6BT. I've got me either move it or or put it somewhere else or, you know, get rid of it altogether. A relocation is in order. Well, you know what? You never quit experimenting in this hobby and you never quit working on, on, on your station. We were talking today about our station. Somebody, lady was telling me, you know, I, it's been, been building this station for two years. And I told her, yeah, and you'll be building it for the next 20 years, too. Uh, you rebuild and rebuild and you get better and you improve. Uh, how much better do you operate today than you did when you first started? That's the question everybody should be answering, asking themselves each and every year. Am I, am I doing, am I reaching places I never reached before? Am I able to do things with this hobby that I've never been able to do in the past? Uh, that should be our goal. Is it, to improve, you know, that, that kind of follows the, the, the line of thought with everything as far as what you do. Experience is the greatest teacher. You, you know, bet. I mean, look at what we, where we've come from the, our first show here. Yeah, I don't know. I really want to go back and watch those first uh, two shows. I I, I I thought about it a couple of times just to laugh at it. <laughs> that would be painful. That's uh, too painful for me, Pat. But look, you know, look at where we've come from. From there, look at where I've came since since uh, since I left over there with Earl. You know, yeah, it's it's a learning experience, and you're constantly yes, learning. Is. And it's the same way with amateur radio too. You people tell me, oh, I'm too afraid to key the microphone. Well, how are you going to learn? Yeah, key up. Start talking. Key up and yeah, talk. That's, that's how. Don't be afraid. I, Nobody's going to bite. an enormous jump in my CW skills when I actually got on the air. Because it was sink or swim, Pat. Exactly. And that's the way uh, That's the way life is sometimes, Jerry. Got tossed out in the middle of the ocean. What do you do? You're going you're gonna to drown or you're going to swim, one or the other. That's exactly right. Folks, this is the world according to Elmer. We're done. In fact, we're we're we're. It's a good thing we have the graces of station management on our hands because it seems like the only thing we do with great consistency on this program is run over. But we're glad that you're here, and uh, we hope you'll join us next uh, Thursday night at 7 o'clock right here on the Crooked River for another edition of The World According to Elmer. Any last thoughts, Pat, before we go? As far as the station owner, I've talked to him several times. He's threatened to fire me, but I I know what I got. (laughs) Yeah, you you know where you're at on the thing. <laughs> I know so where good. I stand with that boy. <laughs> that is Pat Morrow talking. Oh. He is N8OQP. I'm Jerry, KG8RRY. It's been so good to be with you here today. Join us again next week. Until then, I will say 73, and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good week, everybody, and happy Easter. N8OQP, out of here. We hope you enjoyed this presentation of the Crooked River Radio Network. See you again soon. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.